0: Oh, welcome, everybody, to Broad Street Channel, our second feed of uh, our podcast. Used to doing a video. Uh, what do you gentlemen like to talk about tonight?
1: Yeah, and, uh, for one, definitely, uh, obviously, the upcoming guest for this week, which uh, we have Kelly. Uh, and and sorry for Kelly not knowing her last time. I just see her, Kelly, and obviously her uh, Twitter handle is football, green. Or, well, Kelly, if I remember correctly,
0: leading green something,
1: yeah. So, uh, Kelly will be on with us on Thursday, which today I ended up retweeting her episode that she had on with Deuces Rogers, which is pretty cool to have uh, Deuces Rogers on. So, that that's pretty nice. So, <clears throat> yeah, exactly. I'm a little jealous, Kelly. I'll admit it a little jealous, but it's okay, it'll happen uh, sooner, maybe you know, who knows? I don't know, whatever. But that's pretty cool. I, I'm, I'm glad she had the opportunity at least to, to talk to Deuces, but so she'll be on. Um, good Lord, what ended up happening? Oh, we got, I guess, the restructured contracts, which Sherman, and and you're usually pretty good about this stuff here. So you got what we have. We're up to three now, three players restructuring our contracts, which obviously it opens up a little bit of money. So do we believe that maybe we're getting, I don't know, a veteran or are they just trying to do it to see what they can do as far as uh, when it comes to the cap?
2: Oh, I think it's going to be pretty interesting to see what the Philadelphia Eagles try to do leading up to draft night. I mean, we've talked about it so many times on the show that they're probably at this point a couple years away from legitimate Super Bowl contention. Uh, the fact that they were able to restructure some contracts was, was pretty good. Uh, are they going to try to make that big splash? I guess it remains to be seen. Uh, the fact that Jeffrey Lurie is now coming in to say that Jalen Hurts is going to be the main quarterback in Philadelphia and that there's no competition, you know, it leads you to wonder. You know, is is it smoking mirrors, as Fuji and I have talked about, or is this the real deal that Jalen Hurts is going to be the quarterback moving forward and mm. and go from there?
0: Well, well, today, there's Eric Man Genius, who if everybody remembers, <laughs> and Genie came out and said, well. He thinks it's a smokescreen. He thinks the Eagles are just playing possum. Have the whole NFL think the Eagles are going to try to move up or take a quarterback at six? Though. Who knows? I mean, the Eagles are—you know—they don't show their hand. I mean, maybe it—maybe it is a smokescreen right now. I guess we won't know till the 29th that where something's going to happen. But stay tuned, like.
1: But you got to think, too, if it's a smoke screen, I mean, it's a pretty good smoke screen because as of right now, they're talking about maybe possibly trading Zach Ertz. I mean, and that's another one, too. That would be a great question as far as run over by Kelly. But So you're, you're thinking about trading Zach Ertz, and it makes you wonder what are you going to get for Zach Ertz. I mean, obviously, we found out through um, D-Gun last week. And, and, again, thanks for D-Gun for coming on with us last week. It was a lot of fun. But obviously – with Carson being benched, that's why you didn't get too much for Carson Wentz. And and like all of us, we blamed Howie for something that, that was so bad as far as a trade deal. But when you're benched, yeah, it made a lot of sense. So I'm wondering when it comes to Zach Ertz, though, is it going to be that type of deal where, you know, Zach's still great. I, I don't personally, I don't think he should be gone. I think he should be Dallas. But then again, I don't know. We're, we're not obviously the GM and/or the owner. Jeffy Lurie apparently loves Jalen Hurts, which is absolutely nothing wrong with that. But my major concern is now with Zach Ertz, they let him go. That frees up more money. So I'm wondering, like, so what are they working on? What kind of plan at this point? Because everybody knows that that uh, Fuji absolutely loves and can't get enough of Harry Roseman. Mm-hmm.
2: like Oh, you want me to go? I mean, you know, with everything coming, you know, with everything coming out that Jeff Lurie is making the decision that Jalen Hurts is now the man. Like, you know, do we blame Howie Roseman for all these picks that he's been making Mm -hmm. through the years, or has Jeff Lurie been pulling the strings the entire time?
0: Well, I think ever since Jeff Lurie fired Chip Kelly. You know, getting rid of Deshaun Jackson trading Shady McCoy. It's it's like become more hands-on, like they were talking this morning on the radio about like Lori went out to the Carson Wentz, you know, they interviewed him, they took him out to dinner, they watched him try out just Lori was there, Howie. I think uh can't think of the president's name, but he sure not
2: Joe Banner.
0: No, nah, he wasn't there. Then. The new guy, Don Smolinski, was uh, there. He's not even the football guy. But I mean, hey, we're smoke. There could be fire right now. I mean, it's you know, it's another how long's how long before the draft? Six weeks.
1: Yeah, uh, just about. Yeah, give or take
0: seven. I mean, there. I mean, you figured a reupling. Are they reconstruct the lane, re up, restruct the Kelsey, Darius Slay, Brandon Brooks on the trade block? Like right now, who's really going to take an offensive tackle with injuries with two out of two and in, three injuries out of the last two seasons? Who is probably one of the better right tackles in football? But coming off all these injuries, I mean, if I were an NFL team, I'd probably be like, I don't know about that.
2: Yeah, you're probably not going to get too much value for a guy like Brandon Brooks with all the injuries that he's had. Uh, You know, there's no question that he's a formidable player in the NFL. But if if you can't get on the field, then, you know, what good are you going to be to the Eagles or any other team in the NFL? You know, my stance on what the Eagles should do has been the entire time offensive line, offensive line, and more offensive line. But, you know, I'm starting to think, with so many holes that the Philadelphia Eagles need to fill, that maybe they need to take that number six and trade down. Trade down just so you can start the stockpile picks. Because even if you get uh Sewell from Oregon with that number six pick, if he actually drops that far, which he probably won't, because if Sewell was there at five, you gotta think that the Cincinnati Bengals are gonna find a way to draft him for the same reason that the Eagles would want to draft Sewell, right? Right. Cincinnati Bengals, they want to protect Joe Burrow. Right, especially after the injury that he had last year, so it's the same reason, right? The Eagles would want to find somebody to protect Hurts, so Cincy would do the same thing. I'm starting to think that maybe what the Eagles should do is trade down for the pick, just to start to look ahead for the future. But hmm. you know, you know, with those picks. You know, if they end up trading down, one of them has to be an offensive lineman because Jason Kelsey is not getting any younger, and neither is Lane Johnson or the rest of the people on this offensive line. And it's great that Jason Kelsey re-signed for this year and restructured the contract, which is fantastic, but you got to think how many more years is Kelsey going to have after this year. And then you're going to have to replace
0: him. Right. No, I mean, he's pushing 30. I mean, Isaac Salamalo, draft drafted to possibly be the successor to – Jason Kelsey, right? to say Jason Peters. <laughs> <laughs> and I, you know, who's to say they don't take a center in this draft in the later rounds. They got nine picks. They got an extra fifth from Dallas from last year. So, you know, the offensive line has to be beefed up. I mean, you got some stud corners coming out, you know, where do you go? I mean, make a. Parsons, the linebacker from Penn State. like This team has holes more than Swiss cheese, and it's just a joke. <laughs> you got so, it
1: somewhere. Let me ask the, the, the both of you guys' question, and for the people that are going to be listening to this uh, in a little bit here. So would you both be surprised if the Eagles decide – and I'm with you, Sherman, as far as trading down to get more picks, you might as well because come next year I think there's more of uh, – our defensive squad coming out as far as the the eligible NCAA uh, out of out of the men's league obviously um but you're gonna have this year last year we knew there's it was more of the quarterbacks there were there were high in draft um, more than anything else so next year you're looking at you know defensive lineman uh, of, uh offensive lineman but would you guys be surprised if given that Nate sutfield is still here uh there's not really a a third quarterback for the moment. What happens if Howie decides that he wants to blow uh, the pick on, on, on quarterback number six and if it's, and if it's not the quarterback that, that anybody was pursuing in the first place?
2: I guess, I guess I'll go first with this. I mean, just the fact that Lurie has made it clear that Hertz is going to be the starter going into the 2021-2022 wow. uh, NFL season. That leads me to believe that there's no shot that they're going to go after Zach Wilson or Trey Lance or any other quarterback that's out there. And as Fuji said, there's just so many holes like Swiss cheese that the Philadelphia Eagles need to fill that they're going to have to do something. The one thing that I pray for is that if the Eagles trade the pick – Please do not trade that pick down to 10 to the Dallas Cowboys so that the Dallas Cowboys end up with Devonta Smith or Jamar Chase because just think mm. about what a tizzy that would put this city into. You know, it's bad enough that, you know, people are always talking about we ended up with Jalen Rager and Dallas ended up with CeeDee Lamb. Can you mm. imagine if the Eagles traded down with Dallas and Dallas ended up getting uh, one of those players? Or for that matter, even Kyle Pitts. That would just be absolutely insane. So oh, to wow. was- Go If they're gonna if they're gonna end up trading down, I hope they trade down to the right spot and get the right package.
0: I myself, I like Kyle Pitts. I mean, I don't. I may be in the minority here, but I think Dallas Goddard is just. I'm just. I'm a fan, but I'm not a huge fan. I just don't. He's got all the tools. He can block, he can catch, can do whatever. He's big, but I just think he's soft. I think he's a little injury prone. You know, hate to see Zach Ertz go, but I think Kyle Pitts would be the perfect weapon. I mean, Brian Wilson, who's the Eagles new quarterback coach who was a Florida, who which was coached by Jalen Hurts' dad, I think has an IF here for Could have an advantage right here with Kyle Pitts. Being the quarterback's coach in Florida, he knows some insight on Kyle Pitts. So, maybe everything falls into place. He got Hurts, the quarterback, you know, the quarterback coach and Kyle Pitts. So, you know, they're saying he could be the highest tight end ever taken in the draft. So, right now, I agree with you guys as far as the O-line, but I would like either – one of these corners, a receiver, or Kyle Pitts. I mean, I—that's just my take right now. I mean, that could all change in the next seven weeks.
1: Well, the kind of switch gears uh, here, of course, we—if if people don't know, Dwayne Haskins obviously was taken by the Steelers. They're going to give him a second chance here and and see if Dwayne can make the best out of it. Uh, they brought Ben Roethlisberger, Ben Roethlisberger back. For what reason, I don't know. You would think that Ben without the injuries and everything else, he would be done. Um, mm-hmm. so I'm I'm assuming that uh what is it, Mason Rudolph that's over there? And yeah, uh, yeah. and then Dwayne Haskins, that's your two options for, for Pittsburgh. So but I would think that if if Mason Rudolph was thinking about like, well, you know what, I I was supposed to get this team, now I'm not because obviously it's back to Ben Roethlisberger – then I wonder if they move Dwayne to number two, or they keep him at number three and make him kind of earn his keep to see if he's actually going to be the real deal or not for the Steelers, or yet, you know, to fix what he screwed up when he was down here at D.C.U.
2: Yeah, that'll probably be something to be determined in in training camp. You know, when you're a Super Bowl winning quarterback like Big Ben uh, for the Pittsburgh Steelers, you kind of earn a little bit of status down there. So if he wants to stay for another year, then he's going to get the opportunity to stay for the extra year. But, you know, if you're a football fan, you have to recognize that there is um, a light at the end of the tunnel for Ben Roethlisberger. He probably doesn't have too many more years in a tank. So, you know, he probably wants one more payday and an opportunity to do it to see if the Pittsburgh can – You know, remain in playoff contention and maybe sneak into the Super Bowl next year. You never know. But at this point, I think the AFC is just really stacked between Kansas City, who I know got smashed by Tampa Bay in the Super Bowl. Buffalo is up and coming. Lamar Jackson and the Ravens are still a force. You got to talk about the Cleveland Browns who are up and coming. Who knows what's going to happen with Carson Wentz and the Colts. And when you have the best running back in football with Derrick Henry and the Titans, uh, you know, it's a stacked AFC, in my opinion. And You know, for Ben Roethlisberger to think that Pittsburgh's going to get back to the Super Bowl next year, that might be a long shot. But I guess he's going to take one more shot to try to do it.
1: Yeah.
0: All right. I mean, I know they redid his deal, and I think he took about between a five to seven million dollar pay cut to re up. I mean, they got a lot of holes too. I mean, Juju Smith-Schuster's a free agent. Mike Pouncey or Maurice Pouncey—I forget which one was the center. They both retired, the Twins. Right. One was with the Steelers and one was with the Chargers or the Dolphins. I mean, Pittsburgh's got a lot of holes in the film. I mean, James Conner is starting running back. Like, I mean, I don't know. When free agency starts in about a week and a half, there's going to be a lot of free agency out here that are like a lot of studs because you, you figure the Caps – between 180 and 185, and teams are already getting rid of players. Like um, today the Packers then use the franchise tag on Aaron Jones. Um Allen Robinson and the Bears got tagged. Who's the guy? Levante David, the linebacker, the Tampa Bay Bucks re for two years for 25 million. So yeah, you got you know the NFL. New Year's already kicking into high gear. So, you know, you're going to see a lot of guys release the re- can reconstruct, you know, contracts just to, so their teams can get under the cap before, you know, free agency starts very soon.
1: Well, you look at New Orleans too. New Orleans is dumping tons. Well, no, nah, I want to say like tons, but I think they, at least within the last week or so, uh, which I would love to talk to TJ Jones and get the update as far as down there in New Orleans. Uh, but you got, I, I am almost certain there's four from the defensive line to let go. Uh, I think one running back, I'm not 100% certain, so don't quote me on that, but I think it was one that was let go, but I think it was more of, of the practice side. But New Orleans, they know too because they have to They're they're right there as far as almost with the Eagles, not as bad, but as far as the, cap, the salary cap, they're right there as well. So it seems like they're trying to make room. And then you have reports coming out that Drew Brees now has a trainer pretty much you know, a lot of Tom Brady where he's, he's trying to uh, – he's hitting all these marks and all these goals and everything else he set himself. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the season, it seemed like he was going to retire. So, Sherman, I guess I'm kind of going to throw it at you here. And, and if you think about it, are, are the reports making too much that it seems like Drew Brees is going to come back? Or is it one of them teasers to say, yeah, I'm thinking about retiring, but maybe I'll stay around just like Jason
2: Kelsey? Well, I'm definitely not the expert on this, but I think that – the big notable thing is that Drew Brees took a major pay cut, if I'm not mistaken, at the end of the season. And normally, as some people have said, when quarterbacks do that, it normally means that they're freeing up the money because of the fact that they're not going to come back in the following season. Uh, I'm not an expert when it comes to this, but you know, just from past experience, I believe that that is how it works. It, it's like a, a standard operating procedure of what people do. So Brees probably – you know, believes in the New Orleans Saints and said, look, for the good of the team, I'm going to take this pay cut. I'm not going to retire yet. But once I do, you know, the Saints management will be able to clear up some uh, salary space and bring in uh, the coveted person who they want to help them uh, remain to be competitive in the NFC.
0: Well, stay tuned for that. I mean, is Jameis Winston next in line for that job? Is Taysom Hill? I mean – I mean they're they're like the worst under the cap with seventy plus million going into the new season and who's to say they don't try to trade up and get one of these quarterbacks right and start fresh because you know I say this, I mean if if this is the end of the road for Drew Brees, I mean him and Sean Payton, that was a hell of a duo, one of probably one of the best in the NFL ever. Like yeah. Even modern day, like, I mean, I, I'm a big Sean Payton fan. I mean, if I could take, if there was one of the coaches available, you know, he'd be, you know, he's from Canada Square, PA, right? He's a he's a uh, Chester guy, so you know, he's coached under Ray Rhodes in Philly as an assistant. So, uh, well, <laughs> that's a story for another time. But
2: well, yeah. And- it- and for another time, Mike you and I will have to argue the end of the Saints Rams game from a couple of years ago in the NFC championship and that um, that debatable call, that debatable call which led to the Rams ending up beating the New Orleans Saints and you know, I just kind of get the feeling that you and I might be on opposite ends for that so we'll have to discuss that and table that argument for another day.
1: No, great, Mike?
0: Everybody knows who the uh, player was that committed that penalty, too, don't they? <laughs> Rodney Coleman on the Eagles. He was yeah. the one called that that did that controversial call.
2: It all com- it all comes back to our Philadelphia Eagles time and time again. Got to sure does. somewhere.
1: <laughs> the other thing that's left over before we get into a little Abdul Herrera talk here is, of course, we asked Bill Ofsted, right? The great friend of the show, uh, with the Seattle Seahawks. And we, we kept bugging him about the whole Russell Wilson thing. And it, it, they didn't make a big deal about it. But apparently, I guess now it's kind of leaking out. And Seattle's been known never, ever to leak stuff out. But I guess Russell Wilson looks at it. If Tom Brady had so much control and he went to Tampa first year and they listened, they paid attention. Obviously, they won Super Bowl. Russell Wilson is kind of in that stage now. For whatever it is, apparently the Chicago Bears are maybe the lead candidates for Russell Wilson. But is all this talk about Russell Wilson w- real, or is it one of those things that it's it's too make t- what's the saying the too much to make about nothing?
0: Something like that. Well, let me touch on something I did kind of read, and I don't know where the hell I'm reading it today, but. Apparently, Seahawks season tickets holders got a letter. And for some reason, the article stated that Russell Wilson's name was not in it. Like, just, you know, you figure you would throw your franchise quarterback. I don't Maybe it's just hearsay, but they said his name wasn't included, which is very rare. I mean, Russell Wilson being the franchise for How many years now? Almost 10. 100, yeah, something like that. And, hey, you know what you're saying, Angel, it could be, you know, where there's smoke, there's fire. I mean, you know, we got two reliable sources in Chicago. I mean, I know you guys talked to each of your sources there. I mean, maybe you could – one of you could reach out to Mark Rote or Dan Dorfman, you know see what's going there. Maybe we can get some insight and see how that's riding out. Mike,
2: Angel. We can definitely reach out and try to get some more information as the situation develops. I mean, the thing that's amazing is just gone, gone are the days of one player kind of staying with one team for their entire career. Mike and I have talked about it for so long. You know, our dads both worked for the, Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania Department of Transportation for a lot of years. And that generation, you got a job and that was kind of the job that you stayed with for your career. Nowadays, it seems like, you know, if you're in a job for five to eight years and you haven't moved on to something else, like the problem isn't the company. The problem is you. And, you know, going to the days of um, Joe Montana being on the same team for all those years, I mean, I know it was kind of a uh, circus show with him moving to Kansas City at the end of his career. But, you know, now, nowadays, it just seems like, you know, after a certain amount of time, it's time for a quarterback to move on to see if it works in one city or another. And, you know, I don't know if that's good for football or if that's bad for football. Like I love the fact that Mike Schmidt played with the Philadelphia Phillies for his entire career.
1: Now for some of the folks before uh, Fuji responds back to that one, since you guys really can't see what's going on here, because this is the audio feed as Sherman was just making this point, uh, Fuji was doing like the, I think the Macarena dance or something in the background there. So I'm just kind of giving you guys a visual that if you can imagine the Macarena, that's what uh, Fuji was doing. But go ahead, Fuji.
0: I was doing the Wee <laughs> <That,
1: laughs> <there> go. <laughs> it's just, you
0: know, these quarterbacks like right now, it's like they're taking control of the game the last couple of years with, you know, Aaron Rodgers with a hundred million dollar contract and, you know, Wentz got his deal, and Dingbat Dak and Dallas getting four years, one hundred and sixty million. Coming off, you know, that could be a career injury for him. Like Dallas is really rolling the dice with him, but I guess what else can they do? But seems like these quarterbacks are just I don't know what's going on. Like they're like like you said, like Tom Brady or was it you Angel? Either one of you is, but you know, it's like the quarterbacks are like trying to be the shot callers of the NFL lately. I mean, face it, sports, let's just say the athletes today, the inmates run the asylum.
1: Like that's what it seems to be. And yeah, that's what they talked about. I think on the NFL network, they briefly talked about that as well. That this started with the NBA, when the NBA, when the players started saying, no, no, I don't want to be here anymore. I don't want to play for this organization. I'm done. Trade me, whatever. And now carried over to the NFL. And then from the NFL, I'm pretty sure I'll carry over to the NHL, from the NHL to Major League Baseball. But it's rare that you hear it on those other two sports. But this is the problem that started a couple of years ago in the NBA, and everybody saw it coming towards the NFL. So I don't know. It's going to be really interesting to see what's going to happen out there in Seattle. Um, is there someone else? I think that was it as far as the, the main storylines that I did here. But before we get into Abdul, who's apparently on a monster street there in spring training, um Joel Embiid, quick question for the both of you guys. If the season ended today, would he be the MVP of of the NBA?
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, you know, that is such a tough question. I watched the Sixers game earlier in the year where the Sixers were playing at the Indiana Pacers. And Embiid, for whatever reason, wasn't playing, back issues, maybe not playing. Uh, on a back-to-back and Indiana was beating the Sixers by about 20 points in the second half and I was watching the game and I'm like see this is the reason why Joel Embiid has to be the MVP of the National Basketball Association because of the fact look at what the Sixers are doing against this Indiana team but you know what ended up happening in that game the Sixers came back to beat the Indiana Pacers without a beat and the fact that they were able to do that leads me to believe that Joel Embiid might not be the person who ends up getting the hardware at the end of the year. And that's not not taking anything away from Joel Embiid. He's had a fantastic season. If you think about what he did in the end of that Utah game when he had the presence of mind with less than six seconds to go beyond the three-point line and shoot the three-pointer to tie the game, to bring it into overtime. And look, I hate it when Embiid takes three-pointers. But just the fact that he had the presence of mind, not only to do it, but to make the shot, to put the game into overtime. You know, he does find a way to put this team on his back. Uh, at this point, I would probably lean more towards uh, Jokic and Denver as the MVP, but I guess it remains to be seen. And and we shall see. Joel
1: Embiid! Wait, who's uh, oh, darn it. And, as you talked about, and remind me about uh, Indiana, but who's the one that the sixers were thinking of of to, from the Toronto Raptors holy crap I can't remember his
0: name. Kyle l yeah.
1: yeah so they they there maybe possibly talks about bringing them from Toronto to philly and and again it's a long 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 shot if that happens but mm. it would be interesting nevertheless um did and this is where Wendy's you guys will get a free plug has anyone seen the Reggie Miller Wendy's commercial I saw it last. I just saw it in the last couple of days. It
2: yeah. Pretty, yeah. It's pretty. It's pretty good commercial.
1: Yeah, I like it. You know, where's my bobblehead? A, yeah, pretty good for the attorney. Not bad for getting Reggie Miller to do something like that.
0: That's uh, what's his, Spike Lee's enemy?
2: That's one of my yeah. favorite. That's one of my favorite moments in sports. Like when no. I was co- listen, I went to college at New York University, so I lived in New York for four years with, you know, a lot of people who were New York Knicks fans. And, you know, just to be contrarian about it, like I decided to root for the other team. And, you know, when Reggie Miller found a way to score those eight points in however many seconds it was and, you know, put the finger in Spike Lee's face like that was just phenomenal. Talk about a clutch player. You wow. know, I, I know that he was uh, big-time trash-talking with the big ears and stuff like that. But, <laughs> you know what, You know what? good for him. Good for him that he was able to make those clutch shots and back mm. it up. One that of my, was, one of my favorite moments in sports.
0: That was the NBA at its finest when it had all those rivalries. Yeah. You know, that, just the physical
1: physicality of the game. There's a lot of things that have been changing. The NBA, I mean, it, it was it was definitely as we were growing up, obviously it was a lot more fun because it, it was it was a whole different era back then than what it is today. It's it's not the same. I mean, you can't you can't make the NBA WWE like. I mean, you can trash talk all you want to, but it's still not the way it was before with Bird Johnson. You name it, Julius. I mean, good lord, it, it just—it's never going to be the way it was beforehand. So I just kind of leave that one at that. But the last thing I want to get into uh, as we wrap the uh, the people's audio show here momentarily, Abdul Raymer comes back right with the Phillies. They give him a chance. He gets his eighty-five game suspension. He talked about it. You know that he—he he still went through. He—he he never uh, arbitrated as far as. Um, with the union saying that he didn't want to go through it, even though the charges were dropped, he apologized, and, and that's great for Abdul. He did what he promised to do; what he said he did, and he did. So he's he's served his time, uh, if you want to say it that way. But now he's the hottest bat in Clearwater. I mean, you talk about a a flip reversal role of you know good luck, bad luck, good luck. It, it's insane that you we're, you know here we are just a couple you know what week and a half or so into spring training. And, and he's the best that Phillies have right
0: now. Well, he's definitely on fire. I mean, he had a home run the other day. And I know his his bats per like you said, Angel his, his bats call fire out of the gate in the last week and a half.
2: Yeah, you know, it certainly looks like he's gonna find a spot on this team, especially with Adam Hazley uh being injured. I think he's out for three to four weeks at this point. So you know, with all that being said, and I know it's a phrase that I use a lot, with all that being.
0: Said, <laughs> ah, you but, do. Yeah, you no, do I know. Say that all I time. know, I know
2: I know, I know, and I, I say it all the time and I will put it off there with all that That's being said, and I know that nobody can see that, but it really like looks
0: like piggyback piggyback piggyback
2: piggyback. piggyback. piggyback <laughs> you know, but it certainly looks like Odubo Herrera, number thirty-seven or whatever number he's wearing right now, is gonna, yeah. gonna find a spot on this team. And, you know, it's going to become a question of are you rooting for the uniform or are you rooting for the man? And, you know, some people have a problem with that. You know, if you're rooting for the Phillies, you know, it doesn't necessarily mean that you're supporting domestic violence because I do not support that at all. So, you know, every time Herrera comes to the plate, it will be difficult to root, to root for him with everything that he's went through in the past but at the end of the game, it's a business. And, you know, in Philadelphia, in the tri-state area, or in Tampa, Florida, where you are, Angel, you know, we want to see competitive product on the field. And if Odubo Herrera gives the Phillies the best chance to be a competitive product on the field, then I think that's what they're going to do. Very similar to Mike Vick when he was with the Eagles. He served this time, not like anybody is supporting what he did, but you know, when he played as quarterback for the Eagles, you know, People still rooted for the Eagles. They wanted the Eagles to be competitive. And trust me, when Mike Vick and the Eagles thrashed the Washington Redskins like 104 to 12 or whatever that score was on Monday night football, everybody in Philadelphia loved it. And it's almost like they forgot about everything that happened with Mike Vick. And, you know, that's really a scary situation because at the end of the day, we need to take some time to think about the reality of what these athletes do outside of the NFL and MLB getting their six, seven figures. And, you know, there's something to be said for that.
1: Yeah, there is. Well, I like to thank those who will be listening to the. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, for okay, you. I have one tidbit today. I want to send a shout out
0: to my man, David Esser, from uh, Section 215 that I did tweet out to you guys about your boy, Vinny Velasquez, went one and two thirds innings. Threw 39 pitches, allowed one hit and two walks. So, I don't know. I don't know what this guy has over the Phillies. I know you love him, Mike. And
2: he he had three strikeouts, and his ERA is now 2.45 in the spring. So, his first appearance, I believe, was pretty good. Um, And David Esser, you know, I love watching and reading his stuff on Twitter it doesn't necessarily mean that I agree with everything that he says but he's very knowledgeable more knowledgeable than me about this stuff and you know I did see that he put that out that Vinny V did not have the greatest start today one word about Vinny V garbage garbage huh Uh, okay we shall see yeah
1: Send send him back to the league I don't know. Listen, the spring training lasts until what, the 29th before they head back up north? Before they go back to Philly? So many things can happen between here and there. So we shall see. We shall see. We still got three weeks left of spring training baseball left. So that, And then uh, for those of us down here in Florida, we'll be enjoying spring break as we've been enjoying the weather Sorry, (laughs) Uh, nicely down here as we're going into the 80s starting Tomorrow, matter of fact, Sorry, we're in the 60s
0: today, maybe 63 tomorrow, 70 on Thursday. So
1: eat your heart out, Stetson. <laughs> well, I don't know. Well, hopefully, it continues to get warmer. That's for sure. Because this is the time of year back home, back in Philly, when I remember it, it could either go really well or it can go really bad really quick. Because it seems like now it doesn't start getting really, really warm until May for some odd reason. But Anyway, for those uh, who, who's listening to our second uh, audio podcast here, thank you guys, for tuning in. You get to hear what we usually talk about uh, before the show on Thursday. So it's like the pre-show before the actual show for the people, as Fuji loves to say. And also thanks to Fans of Philly, of course, the sponsor of Broad Street South. We do appreciate you guys being with us. And everyone, of course, go to Broad Street. Sorry. <laughs> go to fansofphilly.com. Fansofphilly.com so you guys can see the package you put together. It's not just for the Eagles, it's Philly's Flyers and Sixers. So uh by all means check out fansofphilly.com. So thanks to Joe and, and the crew out there. So uh, boys, I guess we'll be reunited again come Thursday. Reunited and it feels good. <laughs> There you go. But you gotta do the, if you're gonna do the song, you gotta do the dance that goes along with it. No, I'm not I could do that. Okay. I'm not doing, I'm not doing it, never mind. <laughs> All right, uh, Sherman.
2: We'll talk about Wentz and even and Jalen Hurdy. Come join us live on Thursday night at 7 30. Woo!
1: By so the way, 30. speaking of, you have to send me that video because I, I went, when I looked it up on Twitter, unfortunately, you saw when I sent you the thing earlier today that it wouldn't come up. It said like the link expired or whatever else. So I can put it out there. Folks, by the way, if you're listening to this audio at the very end here, you got to go on Mike Sherman's uh, page on Facebook. The man it never ceased to amaze anyone, but he put on this rap on a day ago, correct?
2: If I it remember was, correctly? Yeah, it was last night. Yeah. Yeah.
1: it', it Pretty amazing. i tell you this much. The man has skills. I, I, I wanted to take a picture from his uh, Facebook page and put it along with it for his, his Broadway skills that he has. But Sherman never ceased to amaze you. That's why I call him the Shermanators. The whole family. Because I'm pretty sure they could probably play piano and bass guitar. And God knows what else the Shermanators can end up doing. But drums, that was good, Sherman. That was really good. The Appreciate. violin, the
2: cello. Come watch us Thursday night. It's going to be a great show.
1: Yes, sir. So we'll see Kelly on Thursday along with the rest of you guys. We will see you and talk to you then on Thursday.